Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Friday, the 18th day of October, 2013. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter, Working with Others. We are on page 99, the last paragraph that starts, Let No Alcoholic Say. And today's readers are the 12 Steps. Margaret K, 12 Traditions, Debbie W, and then the readers are Hoodie, Katie, Kim, and Sharon. And the share code for yesterday, Thursday, the 17th of October, was, is 5325, 5325. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Margaret Kay to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Margaret Kay, recovered in South Jersey. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of persons, of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, NIPS. Thank you, Margaret. I will now ask Debbie W. to read the Twelve Traditions. Star one to unmute, Debbie. Hi, this is Debbie W., uh, Oklahoma, a recovered compulsive overeater. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as a whole ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Debbie. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your commenting be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we are resuming our study of the big book. We are on in the chapter working with others. We are on page 99, the last paragraph that begins, Let No Alcoholics Say. And with that, I am going to ask Hoodie if she would begin reading, please. Good morning, Monica. This is Hoodie, Commonwealth Overeater, and grateful to be on, grateful to be on the meeting this morning. Let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. This just isn't so. In some cases, the wife will never come back for one reason or another. Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. We have seen men get well whose families have not returned at all. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. And um, I would like to share, uh, you know, we just mentioned in the previous page about some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn the truth, job or no job, wife or no wife. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. And 
I see here, um, you know, how how this um how this is very important and even me, you know, um I you you think, okay, let's get the best sponsor, the best person in our life and oh we're gonna get recovery. But recovery comes from within. It comes from me. My expectations of how my life was my um were based on my lens of how I viewed the world. And if I if I if I based on on what other people said, then I could, was not able to recover. But if my expectations are on God and what his will is for me, then today I get to enjoy today. I get to um cuz today it won't happen. It won't happen again. God um he made he made me rejoice with him, to praise him, to feel his love. And today, I I I get to tr- to trust him, trust him in what in and um you know keep focus on my side of the street. And when working with a sponsee, that's the, that's what we the, that's what we focus on. We focus on just getting her getting her abstinence, being a being a teacher, just to direct them through the big book, through the steps of recovery. So that they too could develop a relationship with 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 the God of their understanding, and um, it's not dependent on you know. I just have to fill my heart with with God and stay positive. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Hoodie. Would anyone like to comment on on this paragraph? This is Katie G from Boston. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. from Boston, Mass. Recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful to be here absent and sober on a Friday morning. And uh, for this awesome reminder, right, that we cannot depend on other people. Um, and it reminds me of the ABCs, right? So A, I am a compulsive overeater and I cannot manage my own life. B, that no human power can relieve my uh, compulsive overeating and see that God can and will if he has thought. And I, you know, when I, I have done the steps, thank God, I have had a spiritual awakening. And when I'm living in 10 and 11, I still joke with other people. You know, I get stuck on B. I look for human powers, whether it be um, because I can get, you know, agnostic in certain areas of my life and say, okay, you know what, like in similar to that first lie I told myself when I was a little girl, if I was thin, everything's going to be solved, right? And then the second lie, if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. My recovery is not dependent on my external circumstances. When I was writing in my fourth step, I was fired from my fourth job. You know, I had to get really clear that if I was never going to be employed again, you know what, it's going to be okay. And I still, I come back to fears that I am, you know, turning around and I still have to say to God, ultimately, okay, God, you know what? If I lose this, if I lose that, that's okay. You know why? Because I have a relationship with you and I have a place to go with a primary purpose, right, to share my recovery with other women because I've been given the the opportunity to live multiple lives in one lifetime. And, and my recovery is independent on external circumstances you know, I've heard that, you know, people who have the the um, strongest cases of alcoholism are those million and billionaires who can look around themselves and they can buy anything, and yet they're still picking that up. And I know what that feels like. Not that I know what it feels like to have a million, billion dollars, but it's like I could do anything, you know, 
that I wanted to, but it's not making me feel better because it's an inside job. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Would anyone else like to share on this? Hi, this is Sheila. Sheila, go ahead. Good morning. This is Sheila H. in New York. Wanted to identify. Um, this has been very, very helpful for me to continue to grow my relationship with power greater than myself. I have in the past put too much of emphasis or dependence upon people, particularly in programs, you know, former sponsors or people that I really, really got close to. And then when I'm in a crisis, they live a life. They have a life. They have things to do with. Things come up, and when they're not there, that that panic would stricken strike me that I'm alone again and, and you know I remember you're never ever ever alone as long as I continue to give God all the praise and glory never walk alone and there are many days I, I would say God come walk with me come walk with me because as long as I remember that he lives within me I have a chance I have a chance to recover survival with that I test. thank you Sheila would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph this is Paula Manchu Yes, go ahead, Paula. Thank you. I want to scoot right on down to that last line of the page. Remind the prospect. We're talking about a sponsor and a sponsee here, or a prospect. The name, he fits both. Remind the prospect that his recovery, he needs reminding. Because I had been at that line where it said, Bill, there had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. This is how we all start. But soon the sense of his presence had been blotted off by worldly clamors. Well, can you see the worldly clamors here? His wife will come back, job or no job. Can you see the worldly clamors? Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people, circumstances. As was just said, whether you get the job, whether you lose the job. Here it is. This is the line. It is dependent. This is what we depend on every single day from the first awakening until our evening review. It is dependent upon his relationship. Now, be very clear there. It doesn't say your. His relationship with God. And then it says, we have seen men get well whose family have not returned at all. We can't determine that. We have seen others slip when the family came back too soon. All dependent upon his relationship with God. Either way, it's still the same. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? You may. Go ahead, Bella. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I, I am a thankful recover compulsive overeater. Thank you for leading this meeting, and thank you everybody that is on the line. Wow, I like this paragraph because it reminds me uh, what is the purpose of the program. The purpose of the program is to strengthen our relationship with God, to build ourselves, to be able to be connected to God no matter what. And it's, again, when I am in the program, it reminds me to to be able to stand next to a mirror and to look at myself and to say, who am I? 
what I want now for myself. Yes, I want to be able to accept God's will for me and not myself. To accept that whatever is going to happen and whatever is happening, it's nothing to do with me. This is God's will for me. And this is what God chose for me right now. And it doesn't matter if I am staying with the same people, if I still have the same relationship with the same people. No, it does, it, this will not change my attitude and this will not change my way of recovery. Recovery is all all about my relationship with God and how much I am willing to accept what God wants for me. And this is the recovery. And the recovery is not all about, oh, if that person is willing to be my friend or not. This is not all that I have to prove to people. I have to be willing to be connected to God no matter what. And by this, I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Bella. Would anyone else like to comment before we move on to the next paragraph? This is Larissa, recovered in New York. May I comment? Go ahead. And was it Clarissa? No, it's Larissa with an L. Larissa. Larissa with an L. Thank you, Larissa. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, I, I love the reminder in here that, um, you know, we don't always know what's in our best interest. So um, at the end of the reading, how it explains that for some people, having their family back too soon was a detriment. Um, that as addicts, we, we want everything in life to make us comfortable. And so what we think will make us comfortable is what we think is good for us. And, you know, ultimately, this is a spiritual program of action. So if we cannot grow that spiritual experience, if we cannot work on that relationship with God, that is going to be the detriment. And everything else in life will fall into place, which is a miracle, right? The book, it tells us that lack of power is our problem. Our job is to get a connection to God so that we have power. And um, for some reason, this paragraph is making me think, I always view my job as a sponsor, as a cheerleader who points someone in the direction of the God of their understanding. So whenever they forget which direction God is, I can point to where this book is going to remind them where God is. Um, and so that paragraph really is about that reminder that there's nothing that can prevent you from recovering if you work that relationship with God because he will get you where you need to be, come close the hook. Um, there's not an area of our lives that can't be improved by letting God into it. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me comment. Thank you, Larissa. Okay, let's move on to the next paragraph. And Katie G., would you read, please? I will. Thank you. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things that came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. Um, Katie G recovered compulsive overeater and um, God is smiling down right now, especially because this page 100, this paragraph, anyone who talks to me, this is 
probably one of my favorite lines, one of my favorite promises in the book. So why is it? What is it telling me? If I persist, what does that mean? If I continue firmly in spite of difficulties, in spite of opposition, in spite of failure, and look, I like to feel good all the time. Like, I, I, for some reason, I often think I've joined Get Comfortable Anonymous, right? Like, I want to feel good all the time. I'm like, hey, guys, you know, I did the steps. I recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Like, where's my stuff, you know? But that's not true today, right? Like, if I really recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, my stuff is, my, is not tough, like... My stuff is God. My stuff is the connection, the connectivity that I get, persisting day in and day out, living in 10 and 11 and 12 and saying, okay, God, you know, I know I have a lot of ideas about how we should run this universe today, but tell you what, you've been doing it a little bit longer than me. I am not in management today. This is about letting go of my plans, right? Follow the dictates. What does dictate mean? The prescriptions of God. Where are my prescriptions of God? Well, we've been reading it, haven't we? You know, we have been reading these these spiritual tenets, this way of life that has been outlined for us. Um, honesty, humility, courage, you know, all of these opportunities to be right with God, to be right with other people, will rocket me where into the fourth dimension, where I can live with God, where right now it's okay to be Katie, right? Like right now I have looked through the world in the eye. I can be alone in perfect peace and ease. I know that I have this disease of the mind that tells me I, you know, my self-centered fear is more important than anybody else. But I also know that I have a solution today that is much bigger than that. And what this has meant to me, it, is, it has meant persistence. I never want persistence. When things get hard for me at work, when they get hard for me in school, when they get hard for me in relationships, I want to run. I want to reject you all before you can reject me. You know, but this is telling me persist, show up. Let go of the outcome. Practice honesty, dignity, tolerance, patience, love of other people. You know, and most importantly, help other people. Help other people today. That is my primary purpose. And when I when I put helping other women today as my primary purpose, God takes care of everything else. Um, so, you know, this is just an amazing program. If you're new and you're just checking it out, this is, we have worked through, um, 11 steps to get to this point. So if you're not feeling like, you know, this is where you are today, that is okay. There is a whole, uh, sea of, of steps that we need to do to get to this point. And most importantly for me today is remembering that there is a whole series of steps that I need to continue to take to be in con conscious contact with God. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Sally. Sally. Go ahead, Sally. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, a vision for you. This is Sally, recovered compulsive eater, compulsive overeater in South Jersey. And I'd like to comment on uh, two things. One is um, both you and the new man <clears throat> must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress and um, that, of course, reminds me of uh, where we just have been recently on page 85, uh, where it says what we really have is a daily reprieve 
contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And so it's telling us both you and the new man must walk day by day. It's sort of a Cinderella story. We only have one day at a time. We have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And so moving on down, when it says when we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. I love this sentence. I looked at this very closely, and I thought to myself, when it says here, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands, when we put ourselves in God's hands, how do we put ourselves in God's hands? I get a lot of phone calls that ask me um, questions about how I put myself in God's hands. And I gave this a lot of thought. How do I put myself in God's hands? And I came up in the big book with four action verbs that talk about what we need to do to put ourselves in God's hands. The first one is on page 28. In the middle of the page, it's the word try. All of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. The next one is on page 46, at the bottom of the page. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding. To those who earnestly, the word earnestly in the big book is seriously, to those who seriously seek him, seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. So the second one is seek. The first one is try. The third one is on page 57 at the bottom of the page. But he has come to all who have honestly sought him. When we drew near to him, he disclosed to himself to us. And so here we're told to draw near to him and he will disclose himself to us. And the fourth action verb we're given is on page 55 in the middle of the page. It says we finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup. So was it built into us? Was it created in us? Did our creator actually build faith in us? We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found that the great reality deep down within us is in the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. And three lines down, here's our action again. Twice it uses the word search. Once, sometimes we had to search fearlessly. And here it is again in that paragraph that starts, we can only clear the ground a bit. Three lines down, search diligently within yourself. Search diligently within yourself. The word, by the way, diligently is deeply. Search deeply. Search carefully. Search thoroughly within yourself. That's what the Big Book Dictionary describes the word diligent. And so I want to just end by saying that Bill, again, I love Bill. I can't wait to meet Bill someday. Bill 
his example on page 12, at the bottom of page 12, again comes to mind as a wonderful example of these four action verbs, page 28, try, page uh, 46, seek, page 57, draw near, and page 55, search diligently. Finally, Bill says to us at the bottom of 12, there had been a humble. Remember that the word humble in the, in the big book dictionary, absence of self-pride, self-will, and self-assertion. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. And so we see it in action as he had this humble willingness to have him with him. And so I would just end by saying that these are very precious action verbs that we take. And, of course, the 12 steps lead us right into God's hands. Thanks for letting me share with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Leah. Good morning, Leah. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you. Just wanted to comment on a couple of statements here. Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. This line reminds me of a couple of things. Um, one day at a time, you know, day by day, this program is a lifestyle. <laughs> For me, both uh, compulsively overeating and recovery have been progressive conditions. Compulsive overeating was progressively downward and recovery progressively upward. But it is something that has to be day by day. This is education without graduation. There's no, uh, you know, finish line here. I do it day by day. This is obviously Chapter 7, working with others, so uh, working with people, uh, trudging this road. It says, if you persist, remarkable things will happen. What does persist mean? Persist means to endure, to continue. We always close this meeting, uh, you know, by saying, you know, we will meet some of us, you know, as we trudge the road of happy destiny. It's not an easy road. Trudge means to, to walk or to march steadily, usually laboriously. Um, it does take persistence. It takes muscle. It takes, uh, you know, staying out of it, you know, staying at it, stick-to-itiveness. Um, but, you know, this is what we do. You know, we continue to trudge. We continue to um, implement these steps. You know, by working steps one through nine, the program of recovery does transform our lives. But it's not over after that. <laughs> we have to continue to uh, persist in steps 10, 11, and 12. 10, continuing to take personal inventory. 11, improving our contact with God. Um, and, of course, 12, carrying the message. And then finally, this statement here, follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances. First of all, um, you know, <laughs> contentedness does not depend on having an easier life. I'm, I'm assuming that most of us have some deep ache in some area of our lives. But the program of recovery allows us to embrace these challenges that we have and transform them into opportunities for growth and opportunities to de deepen our relationship with God. But there is a master that I need to follow. It says follow the dictates. 
What does dictate mean? Dictate means directions and commands of a higher power. How do I do that? I do that through the application and the implementation of the steps and principles of this program. I can no longer be governed by my emotions. You know, I'm not speaking against emotions. Uh, Emotions are part of being human. But I'm speaking against allowing them to dominate us and to control us. There has to be a higher authority. You know, when I was uh, dominated, dictated by my emotions, uh, it was a roller coaster ride every day because emotions fluctuate. So at 10 a.m. I might be as high as a kite and 3 p.m. might want to jump off a cliff. The program of recovery allows for the discipline by implementing these principles and steps so that um, God is disciplining me. God is disciplining me. It's always thy will, not mine, be done. What is next on this spiritual path? What is next to be done? So that there is an even keel that occurs, no matter what my present circumstances, no matter what my present circumstances The program of recovery allows for this stability. Let's face it, life's a challenge. (laughs) Every, uh, you know, we're faced with a myriad of challenges every day, physical challenges, emotional and spiritual. Life is not designed to be easy. It's designed to make us great. But that's only possible through the implementation and staying on this path of steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Okay, this is Monica, and I'm going to jump in here. Um, So in the paragraph before, remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people, is dependent upon his relationship with God. So here I'm seeing trust God, trust God. You know, um, I came into this program completely powerless, powerless. I needed, and what was the solution to that? I needed to find a power that was greater than me, a power, my own conception, and then I, I, you know, even if I just had to act as if I start that way, that's my relationship with this higher power. And then both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. So I've got a willing to believe that there's something greater than I. I don't have to understand what it is, but I'm willing. And I'm going to walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. What is that? I'm going to start cleaning my house. I'm going to start doing the the action steps four through nine. If you persist, it says, remarkable things will happen. When you look back, you're going to see that when you put yourself in a higher power's hands and clean your house, that everything is better than anything you could have planned. This is a, you know, when you look back, you see all these things, you see these changes. So you've cleaned your house. Things are looking better. And then it says, follow the dictates of a higher power. You know, follow the directions. And you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. So to me, that's steps 10, 11, and 12. You've cleaned your house, and now, on a daily basis, you, li- you live 10, 11, and 12. Keeping your house clean daily. Praying, meditating, listening to God, to this higher power that you've come to know by working the steps, and help others. We must help others. 
And and with this, we have a design for living with 10, 11, and 12, that we can meet everything and anything. And we have directions in 10, 11, and 12 of what to do when life hits us. And life is going to hit us every day. Recovered or not, it still happens. But now there's a different way in how you'll handle this. And with that, I will pass, and let's move on to the next paragraph. And Kim, would you read, please? Thanks, Monica. When working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in their quarrels. You may spoil any chance of being helpful if you do. But urge upon a man's family that he has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. You should warn against arousing resentment or jealousy. You should point out that his defects of characters are not going to disappear overnight. Show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. Ask them to remember when they are impatient the blessed fact of his sobriety. And good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. And I'm going to look at that first sentence. When working with a man and his family, you should not take you should take care not participate in their quarrels. So we're in the chapter working with others. You know, we've had our spiritual experience. We've had a connection with the power. We've become unblocked. And now we are trying to carry this message. And this message is not my opinion. This message isn't my best thinking. Because what did my opinion and my best thinking get me? It got me crawling into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. My experience could kill people. My experience was spending 17 years in the room suffering from this disease. My experience was when I sponsored is I would tell people what they should do. I controlled their life. Yet back in step three, what did I do? I I was instructed to make a decision to turn my life and my will over to God, that I was a sucky manager of my life, and I needed to turn that over to God And then in step 12, I'm going to think I have the ability to manage someone else's life. I mean, what arrogance is that? So I am not going to be telling people what to do. What am I going to be doing? How do I carry this message? I carry this message by leading people to the book. I love the analogy of, you know, you're cupping your hands with water and you're bringing water to some person as you're leading them through this book. But what you're ultimately doing is leading them to the river where they have unlimited access to that water. Because it is in the river of God that people are going to find instructions. It's in the river of God they're going to find their way. So my job as a recovered person is not to give you my opinion, not to tell you who you should date, who you, what job you should have, how you should parent. But my job is to lead you to this book so you can have a spiritual experience And then when you get connected with a higher power, you're going to ask God how to handle the situations in your life. The same way now that I have a connection with God, I ask God for what is the next right thing I should be doing. And just a quick example, I was at work and I got a phone call and I saw it was from Israel. So I went into my closet at work and a woman called me and I am 46 years old. I have never had children. Um... And this young girl called me who's in her 20s who has three kids and was very upset with something that happened with her daughter and how she reacted. Now, what can I offer this woman? Nothing. I have nothing in common. 
But what I did was I asked her what step she was on. She was living in 10, 11, and 12. We opened up the book to 10. We looked at where was she selfish, dishonest, resentful, and fearful. She asked God to remove them. And she found relief. She didn't find relief from me telling her to manage children when I've never had them. She found relief because we brought her to this book. She looked at her part. She asked God to remove those character character defects. She, She looked at where she could make amends for that child, and then she went out and she helped others. That is a spiritual path. It's not about us acting as each other's counselors. We're not Dear Abby. We are here to lead people to the book so they can have their own spiritual experience, be connected with God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? Um, This is Rochelle. Could I just comment? Yes, Rochelle, go ahead. Not this paragraph, but comment on the two paragraphs before. Um, I'm stuck by the word prospect. Um, I I do sales, and it just keeps on reverberating with me as we go through this book that um, we're being set up to be good salesmen. You know, I don't know if anyone has commented on this before. Perhaps they have, but um, I've only been following this for a couple of months now. And um, it strikes me, you know, that uh, you speak about a person where they're a prospect, but you want to sell them something, you know, so whether it's a set of encyclopedias, pots and pans, whatever, you know, and uh, they maybe they give it a sales manual or, or a uh, some kind of a uh, pep talk on how to do it. You have to touch it, uh, go to a seminar. You know, but the bottom line is, you're, you're being a salesperson. So, so um, in my life, I do selling. So, people sometimes approach me. It's happened recently. They'd like me to sell them sell for something, something that they're selling, and um, and they're impressed that I'm able to sell things. They say, "Oh, how do you do this?" You know, well, you see, I believe in the product that I'm selling. You know, I absolutely believe in it. Well, that's the same thing here. You have to believe in it. You have to do it. You have to live it. And then you are the best salesman possible that you can possibly be to promote this to other people. That's all I wanted to share. Thank you. Thank you, Rochelle. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Larissa recovering in New York again. May I comment? You may. Go ahead, Larissa. Yeah, and I actually just want to jump back up to the paragraph before with the the progress and the walking, um, you know, put your hands, um, put yourself in God's hands. Um, the the progress, not perfection, uh, paragraph that always comes up for me is in how it works, where we're given so much hope that they're telling us that no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. And that's the whole point of recovery. I mean, it's repeated over and over in the big book the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience in this, you know, step 10 um, after the promises contingent upon the maintenance of his spiritual condition. This is what it's all about. It's, it's all about progress. It's never about perfection. So I love that they keep reminding us that we don't flick a switch one day from being selfish, self-centered beings, and all of a sudden because we put down the behavior or substance that was blocking us from God that we've now arrived. Um, and life will go the way life goes. The steps are designed to have us turn to God so that we don't need ease and comfort in life being our way. Life gets to be the way life is, and we get to climb on board for it with God's grace. 
And then the reference to the hands, I always think of them in step five, uh, the promises of step five were on this broad highway walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. And I have this vision of we are holding God's hands as we do this work and enveloped in his hands is sometimes a safer space to be and putting, you know, I, I often let God's hands steer my life. I, I envision a shift where when I turn my will and my life over the care of God, I'm the one sharing that shift. Um, but also our prospects, our protégés, I feel that we walk hand in hand with them and God on that broad highway, trudging along to happy destiny. So I'm, I'm always grateful to, to the imagery and the reminders that this is a process that we do together with God, together with others, um, in order to have a life that's beyond anything we could imagine. And um you know, to go from the depths of despair to happy, joyous, and free, from, you know, food owning our soul to a space of neutrality, safe and protected. We can't even imagine what that's like when we're still in the throes of the disease. It's, it's not even fathomable. So these paragraphs provide a lot of hope as well that if, if, if other people have overcome all sorts of tragedies in their life um, by living life on life's terms, by living life with this design for living, then maybe. I can too. And here with the family and the instructions here, again, there's such wisdom here about how to deal with other people, not to take sides, not to get into the fray of the fight. And in, in how it works is we avoid retaliation or arguments because it, it prevents us from being helpful. Later, there's um, we avoid hysterical thinking or advice. So we are not the purveyors of what needs to be. We just need to show up in a spirit of love and tolerance and allow what is going to happen to unfold. I love what's been so eloquently stated about how as sponsors, you're in no position to tell other people what to do. You know, we can only show them the path we took, hand in hand with them, saying it worked for me, it can work for you. And I didn't even believe in God when I started this process. So if it could work for someone like me, who didn't even know that there was a God who could work in my life, it could work for anyone. Thanks for letting me comment. Thank you, Larissa. Would anyone else like to comment? This is Sally. I heard Sally and I heard someone else. Dawn. Dawn? Yes. Okay. Sally and then Dawn. Thank you, Monica. It's still Sally, recovered in South Jersey. This is a, a really wonderful couple of sentences for me to read today and probably every day. Um, it says here in this paragraph, but urge upon a man's family that he has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. I have been a very sick person and I should treat myself accordingly. I have been sick for most of my life. Yes, I've had periods of abstinence, long periods of abstinence, and I was still white-knuckling it I was still very sick. All I had done was step 1A. I say 1A because I think that step 1 is, part 1 is put the food down, and part 2 is admit that I need my God, that I need my higher power. That's part 2 of step 1. And I have been a very sick person, and I should treat myself accordingly. It goes on to say, you should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. I have so much growing to do. 
I feel in truth, and I, I don't think I'm, I'm exaggerating to say that I, to some extent, have some, I'm emotionally stunted in some ways. I'm socially stunted in some ways. And because I've been steeped in so many of my flaws and steeped in this disease that, as I have said before, is likened to cancer on page 18, <clears throat> I have to be gentle with me because I have so much, so much growing to do. I still make so many mistakes because I still have flaws. And daily, that's why I continue step seven, step six and seven to bring my flaws to God, to choose out of a hat which flaws will I bring to God this morning, and I do that. I bring him my flaws for today, the things that were most troubling to me recently, and continue to ask him to remove these character defects. And I have to be gentle with me, and I can only hope that my family and those who come in contact with me will be gentle with me as well. And um, it gives me a lot of hope and um, is an ever-present reminder of where I've been, who I am today, and what God is doing in me. Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass. Thank you, Sally. Dawn, go ahead, Dawn. Good morning. Um, Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Um, I'm gratefully recovered in Delaware, um, and I want to thank you all for your service and for being there, and the comments um, have really moved me this morning. Um, This paragraph really, especially the first line, should take care not to participate in their quarrels. Um, You may spoil the chance of being helpful if you do. That's very humbling to a person uh, like me, an addict like me, um, when I realized that uh, I can't control people. I can't tell them what to do anymore. I've made the commitment to go to any lengths to get my recovery, um, and that meant keeping my nose out of other people's business and keeping my mouth shut when I wanted to say, oh, well, here's what you really need to do. Or, um, you know, don't say this, say this, you know. Um, And I was humbled, brought to my knees, as I am with so many of the uh, uh, precepts in this wonderful um, book. Um, And I just had to uh, realize that I didn't, know everything. I didn't believe that I didn't know everything. (laughs) It took me a while of practice. Um, But as soon as I realized uh, that no one could tell me what to do, no one could tell me what to say in my relationships and quarrels within the family, um, and that I was resistant to being told that, um, you know, I realized that other people may be too. And also, um, I have my higher power to turn to, um, Everyone has their own higher power, and I do not know what someone else's higher power has planned for them. Um, And uh, my biggest, uh, uh, I was the obstacle to myself and other people, um, and am an obstacle to myself and other people when I forget, um, when I forget to keep my mouth shut and turn people to this book. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Don. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I comment? You may, Paula. Go ahead. Thank you, Monica. You know, it starts out the first line. 
when working with a man and his family. You're working with them. And may I bring to, to mention here, oftentimes when we started reading this whole chapter, it was perhaps you've made a friend. Let your friend, if he wants to talk further about himself, they use the word friend. Well, what does a friend do? Now, I'm going to be very clear here. You should take care. How do you pat a porcupine? Carefully, darling. Take care. Not to participate in their quarrels. Honey, you have no right to get into them. It's true. There's God's business and their business. And your business. You keep them separate. But, because you may spoil a chance of being helpful if you do. Now, there's the word, helpful. Not interfering. My sponsor taught me well about those letters. So close in Webster's Dictionary, but a world apart, aren't they? Helpful, interfering. Here again, we're careful. But we realize, even in the book, look in the book. What does it say about that terrible human emotion? Point to the book. Best pointer in town, that sponsor of mine. Point to the book. There it says, the most terrible human emotion, jealousy. Let them see. Let them see. It says here, you should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight, nor are mine. Nor are mine. But they do continue to disappear the more time I spend with my God. As it says, follow the dictates of a higher power. Honey, bear humility. Bear humility, not lead. And then it ends with, show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. Honey, right along with you. Ask them to remember. Uh, reminders, remember. We forget. When they are impatient, also in my role too as a sponsor, and sponsor a blessed fact. And what's the word that uses the The blessed facts of his sobriety. There it is. And today, to come to the place of being recovered. And with that, I do. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Paula. And this is Monica, and I'm going to jump in here for a minute. And um, when working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in their quarrel. So here we are in a chapter, Working with Others, and these instructions are to the sponsor. So I'm being given some very explicit black and white instructions here as a sponsor of things to do and not do. So number one here, it says, you know, don't, don't participate in their quarrels. That's none of my business. You know, stay out of that. And if I do get involved in that, well, then I'm just another one, you know, in that cycle, and I, I won't be able to help. And like was brought out before, bring the person to the big book. Show them, show them the instructions. Um, you may urge upon a man's family that he has been a very sick person and should be treating accordingly. Well, again, this goes to, you can say to your sponsee, you know, these people are also sick. And the big book tells us to treat everyone with love and tolerance as we would a sick person. So I try to bring that out too. You know, we're all sick people. You should point out that his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. And that this is a process. 
show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. You know, this is a process, working through the steps. You've got to start with one, and then you go to two, and then you go to three. It's a process. And you've got to go through all the steps before you get the spiritual awakening. And it takes time. It takes work. But you can be very encouraging to a sponsee and say to them, you know, I see changes. I can see changes in you from when we first started. So hopeful. Give them hope. And especially when they're impatient, you know. I want all of this taken away at once. It doesn't work that way. This is a process. It takes time. One day, just for today, do what I need to do. Work my, if you're working through the steps, then do what you need to do. If you're in step four and you're working on your inventories, you're writing, keep writing. And one day at a time, one step at a time, work through the process. And when you look back, you can't help but see changes. And then you will be able to share, you know. We can't share what we don't know, what we haven't seen, what we haven't experienced. And with that, I will pass, and we've come to the end of our time here. And I would like to thank everyone who has shared And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Sharon, could you read a a vision for you, please? This is Sharon, recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Monica. Thank you to all who are on the phone. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.